Wow, well, it's amazing to be on tonight. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to this. I am as well. It's nice to be back as well. Yeah. Well, we've been traveling. We've been on the road a little bit. Yeah. We just came back from Rome. Well, we just came back. We've been back a few days now. But we had a lovely time in Rome for my birthday. So thank you, everybody, for your well wishes. I'm now yeah. another year younger in the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> it was amazing. It was an amazing trip. It was. How did you find your birthday? Amazing. It was good. Thank you. You took me on a nice trip. Very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had a lovely time, didn't we? It was our first time, actually, our first holiday. It was a mini break, mm. but without Z, yeah. which was nice. Not that it was nice to be without her, but it was nice just to be you and I again. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, it was a deep trip, to be honest. Well, it was. Should we start from the beginning? So not Sunday just gone. Sunday before, I'm having my devotional with the Lord. And I needed to turn to my phone for something. I think I was actually looking up a script or something. Because I don't actually like using my phone when I'm spending time with God. But then I literally like got interrupted. Mm. And this message pops up in the notifications of... Your flight to Paris has been cancelled due to strikes. And I was like, oh, I wasn't upset. I was, I was, it was just more of like, oh, like an inconvenience. And then like, obviously we went to church and then it was like Monday. Well, Sunday night, Monday, we were like, where do we go? And it was quite fun because we, we like to be spontaneous, don't mm. we? We like to, we, I don't know, like that's the story of our life really, isn't it? And that's my, wow. like, WhatsApp status as well. Like, life with Jesus is never boring. Like, Amen. we live a very exciting life. So we're pretty used to this stuff, aren't we? Definitely. This is the way, really, God uses us. You know, God uses people in unique ways. And for us, it's like the flow of the Spirit, the spontaneity of the Spirit to just flow with His unction, His voice, is how the Lord uses us. And, you know, I feel like... That flexibility is so important. You know, mm. when I speak to ministers that have their diary planned out for the next two years, three years, and it's like, you know, I feel like we're living in a critical hour. Yeah. You know, the return of Christ is so close. And it's like, you can't just be doing stuff because it's a good idea. It has to be a God idea. And in order, in order for it to be a God idea, you have to be moldable, flexible, shapeable, in the moment, yeah. you know, in the now. So um, it was amazing. And I've always wanted to go to Rome. And for me, you know, I'm so inspired by the early church. Yeah. You know, you have people, different streams in the body of Christ that are inspired by Enoch, Elijah, the prophets of old. And for us, obviously, being a ministry that's so passionate about soul winning and evangelism, the early church it just touches me. You know, the way they traveled, the way they got around to Europe. And there are many believers that don't even know that the early church was around a Europe in them sort of cities, you know, Rome, Corinth, um, Ephesus, you know, and all mm. these places that Apostle Paul, the early church, you know, Thomas ended up in India, you know, and so many of them scattered to different places, Malta, Patmos, you know, John ended up in Patmos and... Yeah, like the Greek islands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's so true, isn't it? Because you've got like the prophets and stuff, but really our greatest, obviously our greatest inspiration is Jesus. 
But then ultimately after that, it's like the apostles and the early church because they're like our big brothers in the Lord who went on before us. So really that's why it's so powerful to like read the epistles, isn't it? To Amen. stay in that place. So 100%. yeah. So, okay. So we felt Rome. We booked it within like what, 24 hours to go? That's 12 it. hours. Yeah, I can't yeah, even remember. Yeah. And then I didn't even know what time the flight was. It, I had different, like I had my phone had like three different flights that we were meant to be going on. And then it was like, God is so good. Yeah, it was lovely. I loved the day traveling and everything was so relaxed. Was, I had so much peace. Like mm. when you're at rest, you're at peace. Like there was no stress. Like I'm not stressing about anything. Like we were fine. Well, the beautiful thing is when you're under grace, there's no striving. Mm. So you're not striving to try and manufacture something in the flesh. There's the flow of the spirit and mm. the wind of the spirit. Yeah. And you're so rested in grace that you're not trying to make something happen. You're just resting in the arms of the father. You're just leaning into his love and it he's just fun. carrying you. We were literally like packing a suitcase and it's like, okay, <laughs> Lord, like, let's go. It's so fun. Yeah. It was so fun. Just like we were like, it was so fun thinking we have no idea where we're about to go. And to be honest, the fact that it was like 10 degrees hotter than what it was here was a blessing because it like started snowing. And had we gone to Paris, it would have been mm. raining and cold and it was Just nice. seeing all the people tuned in. Shem from Trinidad, great to have you on. Bro Diego, great to have you on. Boaz from Uganda. Kieran from Fiji. Wow. <laughs> Sunil and Janine from London. Great to have you all on, guys. Bless you, bless you. How many have we got on right now? It's great to have all of you on. Almost 100 people on right now. We are on Facebook and YouTube right now. Bless you, Sevi from MK. D from Cambridge. Great to have you on with us. Diana from Florida. Ledua from North Yorkshire. Kissimmee. We've been Kissimmee. Have we been there? Yeah, when we stayed in Orlando. It's right next to Orlando, isn't it? Okay. We've been to so much of Florida. <laughs> but we've been all through Florida and we've been up all throughout the East Coast. Yeah, amazing. Been Miami, Tampa, Orlando. What's all the other places? Naples. Oh, I love Fort, Naples. Fort Myers. Fort Myers. Yeah. I have to get my map up, but we've 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 done it all. And I've been to every Whole Foods along the way as well. I love Whole Foods. <laughs> Bless you. Sigi from Northampton. Rebecca. Patricia from Belfast. Anne from Oxford. Great to have you on. Gail watching all the way from the Fiji Islands. Wow. Just phenomenal that the power of media, we're right there into the Fiji Islands right now. Mm. Uh, and this is what I love about the spirit realm. There is no distance in the realm of the spirit. It doesn't matter how far you are, where you're watching from right now. This is a divine appointment and a divine alignment. I'm going to also ask you to share this broadcast right now. If you can, if you're watching on YouTube, do hit like, do subscribe, do comment below. Engage with us today. We are live and interactive yeah, bless you all. Yeah, so many of you. Boaz from Uganda. Bless you. Oh, we're praying for that nation. Hannah, great to have you on with us. Bless you. Aaron from Milton Keynes. I wonder, all these people from Milton Keynes, have you visited Pragma Church? <laughs> if you're watching from Milton Keynes and you haven't visited Pragma Church, 
What are you doing? Come Sunday, 4 p.m. We are, like you got people asking us from around the world to come to them and we have come to Milton Keynes. The Lord has sent us to Milton Keynes. So for those of you that live in Milton Keynes, you got it right on your doorstep. We have people that travel all the way from London. Uh, where else do people travel from? Like Birmingham, Cambridge. We had a yeah. couple come from, De did they come from Devon? Yeah. On Sunday. It just inspires me when people will come from so far. So someone put, what's up from Australia? What's up? <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. I see the comments about the studio as well. It's so amazing to be with you all today from the studio. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Ash from Mauritius. Mary from David. Rosaline from Nottingham. Mary from David. Mary from London. <laughs> It's Mary David from London. He said Mary from David. Oh, okay. <laughs> Camilla from Norway. Great to have you on. Fatima from London. Vidya from Swindon. Razor saying, seeing you at the River Church. Amazing. We look forward to being back in Florida soon. Oh, yeah. Marina from Belgium. Great to have you on. Daisy from Vancouver, Canada. Great to have you on with us, Daisy. Bless you, bless you. We had a powerful time in Canada as well, didn't we, a few years back? Yeah, I feel like we might be coming back soon, so, yeah. Pinky is tuned in all the way from Dubai, saying greetings, Pastor Daniel and Tanya, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit woke me up at 12.15 a.m. just to be on time to tune in. Oh, bless you, Pinky. Welcome. That is incredible. That is incredible. And that's what I love about the Holy Spirit. You know, powerful, Amen. powerful. Bless you, John from Norfolk, Mary from Sweden, Alison from London, Becky from Hertfordshire. Bless you all. Bless you all. Wow. Well, so many comments. Wow. So many of you tuned in. Do share this broadcast. Hit like, hit subscribe on YouTube. Comment below. It's a joy to be on with everyone tonight. Wow. Praise be to God. So what was the highlight of your birthday? Before we get into the word of God, let's just, you know, the hear about of my the birthday. I think it's always nice being somewhere for your birthday. Highlight. Oh, there's someone. Well, on my birthday, we actually went to the Coliseum. Yeah. We had some good coffee. We walked. Lord have mercy. We walked so much. I think I'm still recovering. We walked a lot. My feet were like aching. Like I have muscles in the front of my legs and my shin. I didn't even know I had. Um, so yeah, going to the Coliseum, the walking, being in Rome, like we were just tourists for the day. And then I ate a lot. I ate a lot. And being with you, that was lovely. It's always great. Well, I guess it's all about who you're with, isn't it? A 100. No, no, no. <laughs> you know all I mean? jokes aside, it's so true. Like, yeah. I mean, the thing is, you know, we're talking about walking. I mean, we're off to Israel next year. And the thing is, it's like, it's profound going there in unity. Like there are people that go there alone. There are people that go there with certain other ministries or whatever. But I mean, 
I'm so looking forward to it because we are in a move of God right now. There's no ifs, buts or maybes. We are in a move of God. And I'm so looking forward to all that God is going to do in Israel. It's going to be great. I mean, Rome was phenomenal for me. One of my highlights, obviously, we'll get to the spiritual stuff in a moment because it was a deep, deep trip, such deep, deep encounters in Rome. But I mean, the food was phenomenal. Uh, you know, we've been to over 30 countries, right, for different trips, ministry and all of that. And I have never been to a country where after every single meal, when I've had the first bite of that meal, it's just a wow factor. Mm. Just wow. You know, it was beautiful. And a lot it of it was clean, organic, just beautiful. I'm just thinking of all the food. Mm. Listen, we ate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was amazing but i mean there was the spiritual side which was so so deep about the trip and this is why the holy spirit was on it you know thank god we celebrated your birthday it was beautiful it was special but there was something so much deeper taking place i believe we were set up by the holy spirit the holy spirit just set us up but i love it because i think for me that's like one of the greatest gifts because i really believe like god is my daddy like he's not just my God. And I always believe like every year, like the Lord, he always gives me a gift. Like, cause I call him daddy God. And I know that he gives me like my own gift in my own way, whatever gift it is. And um, my gift this year was genuinely us going to Rome, that it mm. wasn't just a trip. It was, cause for me it was the experience. And I feel like it's so important to appreciate the smaller things. When you appreciate the smaller things, like you see God more. Like if you're just looking for God in the spectacular of like that big miracle and that big breakthrough. But if you don't see God in the small favor, in the small like free coffee or, you know, this free gesture, whatever, you know, you won't see God in the bigger things. So some people could have moaned and got upset because I did want to go to Paris and do like stuff there. Um, but I trusted God and when I know that God loves me and I'm grateful that I even get to go somewhere, it was amazing that we got to go to Rome. So I, I saw the beauty in it. I saw the beauty that wherever I go, this is where the Lord is ordained. And I always see it that sometimes we think it's rejection, but really it can be God's protection. Mm, wow. And it's like, you don't know what the Lord was protecting us from. You just don't know. And I always, I'm a strong believer of that, that when there's that intervention, mm. people think, it, oh, it's rejection, but really it can be his protection. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. God was doing such a deep, deep work. And this is what I want to share on today as well. On depth, you know, Christians having depth. And I want to talk for a moment, and I touched on this on Sunday, and there was such an anointing at church on Sunday. I mean, you know, the majority of the room were just so drenched in the presence of God. It was so special. And I touched on being faithful until the end. And I want to touch on that today as well, on that that depth, really, of us as Christians. You know, I feel like sometimes when we're in the West and we're in environments where we're so comfortable and, and things are so easy, you know, we've got no lack in this country Obviously, we're in the United Kingdom, you know, there's no lack, we're blessed. But sometimes there's a general motion for Christians to become complacent. Mm. 
where there's no urgency anymore to reach the lost, where there's no revelation of eternity, mm. where people are so living for the moment yeah. rather than living for eternity. You know, momentary pleasure will be for a moment. Yeah. But rewards that will truly last is that which is in eternity yeah. with the Lord. So I really want to touch on that today. And this is what touched me. And I, and I remember sitting on the flight and the Lord was already dealing with us. On the flight, before we had already landed, we were reading the letter of Second Timothy. Yeah. And we got through the whole letter on the flight. Mm. And what's so special about that is Paul wrote that letter in Rome. Yeah. He wrote it in a specific prison and we just wanted to feel so close to the Lord. We just wanted that encounter. And we actually visited that exact prison of where Apostle Paul wrote that letter. And he wrote it to Timothy to actually encourage him. And he wrote it knowing he was facing an impending death. Mm. They knew that once they'd been sent to that prison, that his death was pretty much imminent. Absolutely. So what I want to do is I want to actually play a couple of videos yeah. of us in that exact prison yeah. where Apostle Paul would have actually wrote the letter of Timothy, prayed in that prison, was persecuted in that prison. So let's run a couple of those clips if we can. That'd be great. Hallelujah. Wow. Praise the Lord, guys. This is where Apostles Peter and Paul and... This is where Apostle Paul, right before his death, would have been put. And they're actually saying this is where the book of 2 Timothy was written. So the famous scripture in 2 Timothy 1.7 that says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind, was actually written from this prison right here. So very, very moving, to be honest. And... You know, in that portion of scripture, Paul is actually encouraging Timothy to keep on moving with the faith and the impartation you've received. You know, you want to be a special utensil used of the Lord, set apart. And yeah, this would have been his final letter before he was actually beheaded. So that was the final letter written, the second letter of Timothy. And there was just wow, such depth, wasn't it? While we were in there, there was such depth. Such depth. Such like a, an awe mm. of like being in the place that our big brothers, because both Peter and Paul had been in there. We didn't actually find out whether they had been there at the same time. I don't think it was at the same time. Yeah, mm. but it, it was powerful. There was just so many like stories of just knowing that this is where one of the epistles was written. And when we got down there, like, it was small. It was yeah. really small. And I don't know if we can show that. You know, the one with the circle. Let, let's play that quickly. I just want to show people the, the I think, the, yeah, that one. Feet. But this is actually, they would throw people through that hole. And then if we go back to Pastor Daniel's video, and then I'll, I'll tell you when to mute it, uh, or you can wow, keep it muted. Lord, this is where... But if we, you'll see in a minute. 
I'll wait for it. Just pause. Um, pause. Here, pause. I don't know if you can see. Can you hover them? Oh, you can't hover over there. But there's a small hole there. And basically, they would have... You can come back to me. They would have fallen... Well, not fallen. They would have been thrown through that hole. And at least... What would you say that is? A good me two meters? More than that. It was at least three, three meters. four meters. Yeah, that was high. They would have been dropped in. Because we came downstairs, but those stairs weren't there. It was very cold. Dingy. And it would have been... No daylight, rats, sewage, no toilets. So this is our big brothers in the Lord, you know, the apostles. And then Peter baptized people down there. So yeah. how many people were actually in there, these conditions? And then on top of that, they were chained. Mm. They were in chains. They were bound by hands, by feet to the wall so it, it 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 really is powerful when you get to go there because it really is it, it really does help bring the bible to life and anything that can help you study the word of god more anything that helps you really understand what you're reading i truly have got a greater revelation and understanding now of second timothy yeah. from being there amen and what was amazing is throughout the whole so throughout Sunday service we got through that whole book and there's a couple of verses that I want to touch on today during this broadcast just to encourage everyone that's on that our big brother was sitting in a prison cell in chains writing this to the to Timothy to encourage him but it's so relevant and relatable to the church of this generation and to the 21st century so if you've got your bible turn with me to the book of 2 Timothy And I'm actually going to read from the New Living Translation today because it just comes out in such simplicity during this translation. Which one? The NLT? Yeah. So if I take it from 2 Timothy, and I'm actually going to take it from chapter 2, verse 1. Timothy, my dear son, be strong in the Lord through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. So powerful. Now these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Teach these truths to them. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. For then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I am saying. 
The Lord will help you understand all these things. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, who, who was raised from the dead, this is the good news that I preach. And I preach this good news and I'm suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. Hallelujah. So I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those who God has chosen. You can just hear the passion, isn't it? He's in chains, but his passion is that other people get a message that cannot be in chains. And that's the message of the gospel. And even though he was in chains, he was so free. Mm. <laughs> he, he, like he was more free than those who actually had freedom because he had Christ. And I think, again, this thing is so powerful of perspective is that his perspective is that people are going to get saved through this. That's what's more important. Yeah. Amen. Powerful. Powerful. If we go down to verse 15, this now speaks about being an approved worker. So 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. If you've got your Bibles, do follow us on this scripture. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. See, I'm going to stop there for a moment. What's so profound is last week we were actually touching on works. Mm. Do you see how the spirit of the Lord works? We have not planned what we are sharing per se. This is the plan of the Holy Spirit. Last week we spoke on works and I'm going to touch on this. I'm not just going to rush through. I'm going to touch on this because I want every person listening right now to understand this broadcast is a divine plan of the Holy Spirit. It's actually a design of the Holy Spirit. And for every single one of you to be on right now and be on the journey with us right now, this is the Spirit of God. Last week, we touched on the importance of works. Works from the right foundation, but how your works matter. You're not saved by your works, but you are to do works. Being born anew, you are now the workmanship in Christ Jesus, and now you produce good works. And now look, this same scripture is a design of the Holy Spirit. It's his pattern. And this is saying work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. That's powerful. Not the approval of man, his approval. Listen, you don't want to look for the acceptance of man. People look for the approval of man. And if you look for the acceptance of man, you will die when man rejects you. That's true. You want to worship the audience of one. You want to be right before the audience of one. You want to be someone who's qualified before God, accepted in the beloved before God. And that's what matters the most. Hallelujah. So it says in verse 15, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker. One who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk actually spreads like cancer. See, that's, that's powerful. What the scripture is saying, and our big brother, Apostle Paul, is writing this from a prison cell. He's saying, listen, cut out all the worthless, foolish gossip and all that talk that really is nonsense. Cut it out. 
cut it out. The idle talk, you know, and, and this is what relates to this generation where people are so comfortable rather than using the breath in their lungs to spread the gospel and save souls, they would rather use the breath in their lungs to spread gossip. And that really spreads like cancer, the scripture says. So it's so important to not get caught up in this spider web of gossip, slander and foolish talk. It's not godly and, you know, it doesn't produce fruit. And then it speaks of Herminius and Philetus. They have left the path of truth, claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. Verse 19, but God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his and all those belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. Verse 20, in a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Now, that's such a powerful portion of scripture. In a wealthy home, you have the silver and gold utensils. I mean, some homes have a china set. And really, that china set is only used in a special occasion. That's only used for certain guests, certain special occasions, and the china set or the silver and gold utensils are only used for the special occasion. But then there's an occasion that's common. There's the everyday use of the wooden utensils, the utensils made of clay. I think a great way to kind of explain this is like, for example, um, you know, at Christmas, when you've got your nice like plates and you've got your nice like gravy train. And then, for example, if you're having pizza or, you know, on a, a Friday night, you might grab the paper plates, you might grab the disposable cups. I think that's a great way to kind of distinguish, <laughs> you know, your silverware and then your takeaway wear. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and what's so special about this portion of scripture, I'm just looking at it and I'm just seeing that it says in verse 21, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Wow, I feel that. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Now, listen, there are different types of Christians. There are the Christians that are lukewarm. I'm going to call it out as it is because the way we proclaim and the way God uses us is we like to preach the word down the line. There are Christians that are lukewarm. Yeah. There are Christians that have one foot in the world and one foot in the church, or one foot in the spirit and one foot in the flesh, or one foot in light and one foot in darkness. That's true. And you can be that type of Christian if that's what you want. But it's, it's risky ground. You know, Christ can return at any time. And when the Lord returns, you want to be busy in the vineyards doing the work of the Lord. Or you can go that one step further of someone who loves the Lord and you do go to church. You do choose his ways. You do follow his commandment. 
But you still have those weaknesses and you're working through those weaknesses. At the end of the day, no one's perfect. There's grace for everyone. Grace will cover you. Then there's a greater level where you're saved by grace. God loves you. God covers you. And you're saved not through your works, but through his works. Then there's another level where now you're consecrated before the Lord. Now... There's spiritual maturity. Now you've gone from the milk level to the meat level and now to the oil level. Now you're at a point with the Lord where you're consecrated, where you're set apart. And what this scripture is saying is some utensils are used for common use. Silver and gold are not for common use. That's for special use. Wood and clay are for common use. There are Christians that are there for common use. But all you can be a Christian who's set apart. You can be someone who's set apart for a special use, a special occasion. And I believe God wants to encourage every single person watching right now. You can be a Christian who's set apart for special use. Friends, listen to me. We're on this life for a short time. The Bible says this life is a vapor. While there's breath in your lungs, while there's blood going through your veins, don't be a nominal Christian. Don't just... You know, scrape your way into heaven. Be a citizen of heaven who has a firm foundation in the word of God. Your identity is secure. You know who you are in Christ and now you're consecrated and your works are now flowing in holiness. Your works, when people see you, they see Christ. Your works are actually the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. The fruits are flowing from you. But how profound found is that our big brother is sitting in a prison cell and he's saying listen you don't have to be that wooden utensil you don't have to be that clay utensil set yourself apart and when you set yourself apart the lord can actually use you not just for any old occasion but a special occasion that's powerful yeah to be set apart for a special work The word says, you know, be holy for I am holy. And the eyes of the Lord look to and fro over all the earth, seeking whom he can show himself strong on their behalf, Mm. those whose hearts are right. And there has to be a level of consecration and separation that takes place in the Christian's life. And I really want to encourage and also challenge people who are watching is this this isn't a joke for those that are willing to consecrate especially your younger years you wasting your 20s in these dead up relationships not fully surrendering and consecrating yourself to the lord's service it, it is detrimental to your future it really is. And it, it will set you apart. And, and it, it's those people, though. It's those people who consecrate themselves. They ain't watching the same stuff everyone else is watching. They ain't dressing like everyone else. They're not filling 
their head with the nonsense of the world. They're consecrated and they're set apart. Mm. And it's those people who get the attention of heaven. And it's those people that you see the glory of God in their life. You know, the eye is the window of the soul. When you look into their eyes, you, you see something. People will see the fire in your life. They'll see the glory of God. They'll see the power. And that's what a consecrated life will do. And then that sets you apart. That you're not just another Christian. You don't have to, you know, people say, oh, a man or woman of God. What is a man or woman of God? A man or woman of God is somebody who is separate, who is consecrated, who is holy. And it's not, it's not just about what you do in the public. What you do in public is 5%. 95% is what you do behind closed doors. How do you treat people? How do you love? How do you love your wife? How do you love your husband? Are you submitted? How well do you submit? How well do you serve? How well do you take correction? How much are you spending with the Lord in the secret place? Hallelujah. It's so important. Yeah, it really, really is. And I just want to encourage people that are really on right now to say this. God has a chest of drawers and in that drawer, he has certain utensils mm. and you can become a special utensil for a special occasion. Listen, we're living in a critical hour. The day we're living in, these are the last days with everything we've got going on around us. Okay. With the virus, with the identity crisis, the rumors of war, the wars going on. These are all signs that we are living in the last days. And God has a special chest of drawers. Mm. Within that drawer, he has special utensils. And I want to encourage every person watching today, don't settle to be nominal. Don't settle to just be used on a normal basis, you can be used of God in a special way, in a unique way, but you must set yourself apart. Be around Christians that are on fire. Change your company. Those that are pulling you into darkness, voices that are demonic that you're letting in, cut them off. Consecrate yourself. Be separated. Touch not that which is unclean and the spirit of the Lord will prepare you to be a special utensil that the Lord can use in this critical hour that we are living in. Hallelujah. And Amen. How... Imagine that time when the Lord opens that drawer. Mm. Wow. And he opens it and then he's looking, whom can I use? Are we ready? Are we ready? Because there's this thing we pray, you know, Lord, use me, Lord, use me. Uh, when the Lord calls upon us, are we going to be ready? Because it's one of those things, you know, this is why it's so important to consecrate and dedicate yourself now because it, it, it starts from today. It starts from right now, how we live. Because when the day comes that the Lord's like, right, this is it. I, I need to use you now. Are we going to be ready? Because if not, you know, when you find that fork and it's not clean, mm. nah, going to go for the next one. You are going to go for the nicest, shiniest, the best for purpose. It's very good. Very good. And even as I look at the next verse, it actually says this. Timothy chapter 2. Yeah, look at what it says in verse 22. Run away from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. You've got to run. I'm reminded of Joseph. He had to run from Potiphar's wife. 
It says, run from anything that stimulates you for lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. The scripture is saying your company is so, so important. You know, the Bible says bad company will corrupt good character. And if the word says that, one thing people need to understand, there's no running away from that. If you are around bad company, your character will be affected in a negative way. Yeah. You can, you know, I've come across Christians that put their trust in their own strength. Oh, I'm strong enough, brother. I can hang around them. And listen, yes, you've got to shine your light, but you've got to be spiritually strong to handle certain environments. There's, there's a reason why the word of God says, what fellowship has light with darkness? There's a reason why the word of God says, what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? There's a reason why the word of God says, what fellowship has Christ with Belial because there's a clear line of separation it's a very clear line and then there comes a point of shining your light in evangelism but you've got to be spiritually nourished you've got to be built up in the realm of the spirit your reputation in the invisible realm has to be built up so when you go into them dark areas your light is shining through their darkness, 100%. rather than their darkness overshadowing the light you carry. Yeah. So your company matters. You know, your company matters. And then look at verse 23. Apostle Paul touches on this again. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. Wow. There's a word for someone today. Pick your battles. Don't be someone who is just going around fighting every single battle. Don't be someone who's addressing every single issue, every single warfare, every knock on the door that comes from the devil. Listen, that one of the greatest ways to carry out spiritual warfare is to do nothing. Yeah. It's to stand. Keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Self-control. Pick your battles because the Lord will prepare a table. Before the presence of your enemies, the Lord will prepare a table. So sometimes you don't have to fight every single battle. Again, I say don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach and be patient even with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. And they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants and i think this a lot of this really kind of does point back to um even doctrines mm. because it, it you know avoid foolish and ignorant disputes like so many people want to argue about you know the bible and other books that are meant to be in and but it's like it's so important to just focus on what is in the bible like so many people they want to venture into all the other like doctrines and other teachings but it's like you, you don't even need to go into that like know this first it's Amen. so important that you know this for yourself and then look into all of that because you've got so many people that they're not even strong in the lord yet they want to argue about you know like cessationism and all this stuff but it's like get into the word like know what the word of god says you don't there's a void foolish and ignorant disputes that they generate strife like you're literally wasting your energy 
And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach patiently, able to teach and then patient in humility, correcting those in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. Half the time when you're arguing with people even about the scriptures, they're already set in their ways. You really don't get a far way when you're arguing people through scriptures. It's you're coming hard head against another hard head. Um, so it's very rare you'll actually win someone through um, debating. Um, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. Some people are stuck in devil in doctrines of devils and you can't argue them out of it. A lot of people, and that's what it says, that they may come to their senses and having been taken captive to do his will. So it's so important that we know how to rightly, rightly correctly divide the word of God. And sometimes you just got to keep quiet. A wise man and wise woman of God will know when to be able to zip it. We don't have to argue so every argument. Very good. Very good. One thing I want to also touch on is being faithful until the end. Now, this was the last letter that Apostle Paul actually wrote. And then he was beheaded and then he stepped into eternity. So this was his final letter. So I believe his final words are important. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. And I'm going to take it from verse 5. Let's take it from verse... Actually, you know what? Let's take this from verse 1. This is too powerful. Yeah, I was going to say, let's go from verse 1. <laughs> 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1, reading from the NLT. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and they will actually look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight of faith. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. Wow. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Wow. That's so powerful. Wow. Powerful word from Apostle Paul. He's saying... Keep preaching the word in season and out of season. Stay faithful. And I love how it says there's a time coming where people won't listen to sound and wholesome teaching, doctrines I of love devils. Him. Come on. You know what? I love Paul because he's not just saying, preach, everyone, get up. What is it? He says, preach the word. No, there are good. so many motivational messages in the body of Christ right now. They don't even carry the word of God. They are nothing else than motivational talks. Now, don't get me wrong. I am into feeling motivated and being positive, of course. But here, you know, you have to preach Jesus. You have Amen. to preach the word. And then this is in line because it says, be ready in season, out season. Now, 
often it's through the preaching of the word that you convince people. It's through the preaching of the word that you rebuke people because Man. that's how we, we we learn and we grow. So when you preach the word, what happens? People will be convinced, they will be rebuked, and they will be exhorted. So that's what you do when you preach. So even when you are addressing someone, you can give them opinion but when you give them the word of God, that is what will bring conviction. So yeah. it will bring the conviction. Amen. It will bring the rebuke and it will exalt. But then look at this with all long suffering and teaching. That word long suffering is patient. We've got to be patient with this because mm. some people, some people, they're humble. They get it. But then you've got some people that are a bit hard headed, hard hearted. For the time will come. Look, and then it comes into this. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Mm. Listen, we are living in a day and age and a generation when you correct someone, you rebuke them, they don't like it. They get mm. offended. They get hurt. Woe is me. But listen, that's what our job is. As pastors, as leaders, is to rebuke, to correct, exhort. But according to their own desires, that fleshiness, because they have itching ears and they'll heap up for themselves teachers. Mm. What do they do? They make the people they want to be teachers. Pastor YouTube, I want this nice pastor who doesn't preach on, you know, um, you know, having sex before you're married as a sin. That, that they will only go to teaching yeah. that suits them because of that. They, they want something that satisfies them. Oh, I'm living in sin. Absolutely. But I don't want to be confronted of it. So I'm going to do a pick and mix where I'm going to choose this sermon. I'm going to tailor it to what I like. And then I'm not going to allow it to hit me where it really hurts. And the next part of that verse actually says, they will follow their own desires, look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. You know, and this is, you know, the interesting thing is we didn't know we were going to be in the exact location where this letter was written. And we mentioned this last week. People want a good itch in the ear. And that's true. People do. You know, we're living in a generation of Netflix Christianity where people want to come to church and with a click of a button, they want to choose the message that will tickle them and make them feel nice and happy rather than that which will correct, rebuke, exhort and take them to another level. And that's what will make you grow. If you don't want to grow, you're just going to stay in the same place you yeah. are and you're going to be in the same place you were in 2017. But listen, this is 2023. I want to be... From where I was in January 2023 to the, what are we on today? The 16th of March 2023. I'm in a whole different level. If you knew me in January, you don't know me now. Come on like, now. We have grown. Like I'm in the word where I'm like, Lord, change me, transform That's me. It. And then we're growing. And this is what happens. And it's the moment, you know, they you're preaching something they don't like. Well, what do we do? We put our jacket on and we're out of here. Exactly. So true. I'm a Christian. Get me out of here. <laughs> That's it. And the thing is, this comes down to do people really want to grow? That's it. Do they really want to grow? That's because it. if they're like, oh, well, who do they think they are telling me? of? Oh, well, I already know what I know. Well, I'm happy with where I am. That's actually pride. Yeah. And God resists the proud and he actually gives grace to the humble. Preach it Meaning now. your promotion will not come until you walk in humility. And you walking in humility is saying, Lord, my way isn't good enough. I need your way. Come Lord, on. I'm not wise enough. I need supernatural wisdom. Lord, I ain't good enough. I need your goodness to carry this is humility lord my brain isn't good enough 
Help me with supernatural wisdom. That's humility. You've got to want to grow to receive correction and go to the next level. Listen, people want to receive the word. You know, we're living in a generation where people will take from the word and make it sound like what they want it to sound like. Oh, yeah. This is why I suit themselves. Absolutely. I once heard someone say, Oh, did you know the car, Honda Accord, is in the Bible? Because in the book of Acts, they were all in one accord. You know, and the thing is, people will make it sound like whatever they want it to sound. I'm still waiting for that one to come, but okay. Yeah, well, you haven't heard that. Okay, well, I've been around, I've probably been but around. What you're saying is that, yeah, well, it's people, like that Chinese whispers that yeah, they make it. Yeah, oh, they were all in one accord, you know, and oh, you know, people will take the word out of context. Mm. And the word context, if you take the text out of context, con is left behind there mm. satan will con you if you take the word of god out of context it's very important to understand that mm. so people will want a pick and mix christianity they'd want to turn the word into whatever they want want to hear and it's very important that we preach we teach we correct we rebuke and we encourage because we can't just grill people you have to encourage them as well mm. you know you have to exhort them and help them come but up that's higher what it is when you are rebuking someone it is an encouragement because it's that thing of you can do better that you can't just stay where you're at and that's love people people we live in such an orphan spirit orphan mentality that the moment someone actually corrects us we feel like we're being told off but you're not it's that thing of you can do better and I, I was we were talking with a couple last night and i was saying that one of the the secrets i believe to success in marriage is when you've got two people who continuously want to grow that's it and if you're continuously in a place where you're like, Lord, if there's something in my life, like whatever it is that we're continually like, Lord, work in my heart, you know, you will always grow and you'll continue to become a better person. Man, that's powerful. And what I find beautiful is the way Apostle Paul is encouraging. I mean, he's in the final stages of his life as he's writing this and he's encouraging us to keep on pushing on you know look verse 6 he's saying my life has been poured out as an offering to god the time of my death is near i have fought the good fight i have finished the race i have remained faithful we have to stop there like that verse 7 is so powerful like i have fought the good fight i have finished the race and i've kept the faith like to be able to say that at the end of your walk of life powerful and this is actually what counts. You have to be faithful until the end. There are people that are like fireworks. They start off well in their first six months of giving their life to Jesus. And because the word hasn't gone in deep, Satan comes to steal the word of God out of them. And then there's no foundation. When they get tempted, they get dragged back into the world. And you can't base your Christian journey on passion or on emotions or on, you know, if you base it on emotions, you better get ready for a roller coaster. It's going to be up and down. The word of God must be the foundation. So it's very important that not only do we start well, but we finish well. It's very important that we don't just start in the spirit, but we end in the spirit because there are people that start in the spirit and end in the flesh. Let me carry on reading that scripture right now. It actually says that my life has been poured out as an offering to God. 
The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight of faith. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. The next verse says, And now the prize awaits for me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. I want everyone to understand right now, there are going to be crowns that you are going to receive. And this particular crown is the crown of righteousness. For those that are faithful until the end will receive the crown of righteousness. There are different types of crowns that people will receive. Yeah. And this particular crown is a crown for those that are faithful until the end. And my encouragement for every one of you today is may every one of us be faithful until the end. May we be full of faith until the very end. May we be filled with relational trust until the very end this is very important and that's really what i'm getting from apostle paul and as i'm touching on that you know an apostle paul is about to be beheaded and he's saying be faithful until the end and as we were in rome we also stood in the Colosseum. and obviously you've got people there sightseeing you've got people from schools people looking around taking a nice little selfie and all of that you know superficial surface level we were there like worshiping the lord we were there reflecting on our christian brothers and sisters that were fed to wild beasts in the Colosseum. i want to read something out right now and i believe this is going to bless someone watching right now faithful until the end be encouraged there was a martyr called polycarp he was an early christian and he was brutally martyred in the Colosseum in Rome. Now, the emperor Marcus Cerilius was fierce and merciless towards Christians. They refused to worship, you know, because people refused to worship him or their pagan gods. And on his birthday, it was customary to have Christians killed by wild beasts and animals, all for entertainment in the center of the amphitheater. Now, this man named Polycarp was the disciple of Apostle John, who was a direct disciple of Jesus Christ. Polycarp was 86 years old. He was frail and elderly, but had strong faith in Jesus. Due to Polycarp actively publicly sharing his faith, he was arrested. Compassionately, one of the leading soldiers came and attempted to reason with him, saying, Just say Caesar is Lord and you will be free. Polycarp remained silent. The soldier pleaded with him. And Polycarp refused. And then he was sent into the Colosseum to actually face the governor in front of tens of thousands of people. And uh, as the governor addressed Polycarp and said, you're an old man. Just take the oath. Just depose your Jesus. Denounce him and I will let you go. Polycarp is like, I've served him for all these years and I will not stop now. How can I renounce him? And the proconsul would then say, I've got wild animals here. I will throw you to them if you do not repent. Polycarp replied, call them. It is unthinkable for me to repent from what is good and turn to that which is evil. I will be glad, though, to be changed from evil to righteousness. If you despise the animals, sorry, despise the animals, I will have you burned. If you threaten me with fire... That burns for an hour and then it will be extinguished. But you know nothing of the fire coming of the eternal punishment reserved for the ungodly. The crowd begin to shout out, burn him, burn him, burn him. 
this touches my heart, you know, as I read this. Polycarp then says, what are you waiting for? Bring the wild beast and he's ready to be lit on fire. And as the crowds shout out, burn him, burn him, Polycarp, as he's set on fire, the crowds are shocked as they all witness like a wall appear around him. The fire shaped itself in like an arch, like the sail of a ship. And then it circled around his whole body. And inside it, the flesh wasn't being burnt. And it actually, these memoirs and reports actually say they could smell like a frankincense, a sweet aroma in the place. And he began to glow in that fire and he stayed standing on his feet. Eventually, those wicked men saw he's not being killed by that fire. And they then commanded an executioner to pull out a sword, a dagger, to pierce him, and then he died that way. Polycarp was not actually killed by the flames, but by the sword. His story inspired many Christians all over the world to remain steadfast, to not deny their faith, and to be faithful to Jesus, even when they face death. This is powerful. See, this portion of scripture we've read out today, this report we've read out today, I wanted to encourage every single one of you, every single one of you, even though we are living in the Western world, obviously we've got people watching from around the world right now. Some of you may be watching from persecuted countries. I want to encourage you right now to be faithful until the end. You've got to make that commitment between you and the Lord. You've got to make that vow. You've got to tell your children, your loved ones around you. And that's what we've done. You know that, listen, no matter what may come, what persecution may come, what sword may be in front of us, what shipwreck may come, we will not deny our Lord and Saviour. The Bible actually says, if you deny me, Jesus says, before men, I will deny you before my Father. This is very, very important to have our faith so grounded to not deny him until the end. I want to encourage you, you might be facing a negative doctor's report. You might be in a trial, in a wilderness season, a tribulation. Don't deny Jesus. I'm urging you right now, don't deny your Lord and Saviour. He is more than a ticket to heaven. He is your rock. He is your foundation. He is your salvation. He is your righteousness. He is your everything. Jesus must become more than a spare tyre that you pull out in the emergency. He must be number one in your life not just now not just to get you through your trial but even when you face that tribulation and even as you take your final breath and as you enter glory be faithful until the end my brothers and sisters i feel the presence of the lord as i'm on right now hallelujah glory be to god you know the blood of the martyrs was a seed for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the freedom that we experience now is really a result of the persecution that they went through. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was in Pakistan and we held a crusade. There are over 20,000 people gathered. Powerful, powerful crusade. You know, obviously a lot of Muslims, unbelievers and so forth. God moved in a powerful way. And I remember being on the flight back, just like, Lord... The Western church, what is going on? There's so much sugar, 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 sugar. People only want, want to be sweetened. Sugar. And sugar kills. Yeah. 
In the natural realm, many sicknesses, diseases and infirmities are actually a direct result of sugar. Yeah. That's why sugar is in everything right now. You've really got to watch what you eat. It goes even deeper than that. You've got to watch what you eat eats. It's a deeper one. But sugar kills. And it's the same way in our spiritual health. We can't just digest flaky, sugary, three-point sermons with a nice little conclusion that tickle us in the ear but are not really transforming us. We need the truth of the Word. We need the meat of the Word. We need the Bible to not only touch us in our mind, but we need the Scripture to be a sword in the spiritual realm and cut us so deep in the heart that it leaves us transformed. It cuts us, spirit, soul and body, where we are now set apart. Our taste buds change and we want to be set apart, yeah. holy, pure. We want to be empowered to be a special utensil in God's chest of drawers. We want to be a special utensil used of the Lord. That when there's a move of God happening on the earth, when God wants to use you, when God wants to use you in a particular moment, in a special occasion, you've got to be set apart yeah. and be that special utensil that can be used of the Lord. And there's another side to this. Every Christian can be replaced. Mm. No one is irreplaceable. Don't ever think that you can't be replaced in a certain role, in a certain assignment, if you're serving in a certain place. Listen, if you ain't going to do it and you step down or you move out of the way, God will put that anointing on someone else and they will begin to do it. And many times it will be insignificant people. But I want to encourage people to really be faithful until the end. And there's actually a few more scriptures I want to read out before we go into prayer. And these scriptures, again, are scriptures that are going to encourage you to be faithful until the end. And as I read these scriptures out, this isn't necessarily for, for your mind, but this is for your heart right now. I want this to go deep. I'm releasing this over you as a prophetic proclamation and as a prophetic declaration. Revelation chapter 2 verse 10 says this. Do not fear of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested and you will have tribulation for 10 days. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. Matthew 24 verse 13 says, The one who remains faithful to the end will be saved. Hebrews 6.11 says, We want each of you to be faithful to the very end. We want you to be sure of what you hoped for. Hebrews 6 verse 12 says, then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going in to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. That's so important, endurance. How many of you have been running and you're running and your body is so tired and you, your heart is racing, you're running out of breath? And God is looking for a people that will endure. Even whilst you are tired, yeah. you'll keep on pushing. You'll keep on enduring. You'll keep on moving. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 14. If we are faithful to the end, trust in God just as firmly as when we first believe, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Wow. 
Beautiful. Hebrews 10.23 says, Hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful for all that he has promised. Proverbs 3, verse 3 to 4 says, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says, I am certain that God who began that good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. Wow. Beautiful. That's saying God will complete the work he has begun on the inside of you. Beautiful. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8 says, He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on that day of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, these final two scriptures are saying we need the Lord. The Lord will help us. The Lord will grace us. The Lord will empower us. The Lord will complete the work that he has begun on the inside of you. And this is why spirit-filled works are so important. This is why works that are from the right foundation are important. So I just want to encourage every one of you to be faithful until the very end. It's so, so important. It's a profound word. And I want to pray. I want to pray for people to really capture this revelation. And one thing I do want to also say is the work is continuing. You know, that which we read about in the book of Acts is still continuing now. And this is what we are doing as a ministry. This is what we are doing. We had teams out last week in Milton Keynes and 11 salvations. That's 11 people snatched out of darkness and brought into the light. I feel the presence of God right now. Salvation, salvation, salvation. Listen, this is the unstoppable body of Christ. They tried to stop Jesus, but that didn't work. The controversial preacher, they tried to stop him. They tried to silence him. He rose from the dead and they still couldn't stop him. And then the early church got filled with the very presence of God and they scattered around the world. And then now look, we are inspired reading 2 Timothy, touched by our brothers and sisters around the world that suffered, that were persecuted, that are shipwrecked. And here we are now expanding the kingdom of God. The work is continuing. You know, this weekend we're going to have teams out in Trafalgar Square on Friday ministering. Yeah, Leicester Square, sorry, ministering. It's going to be incredible. And I'm so looking forward to all that God is doing. Souls, souls, souls. We are out in prisons soul winning on television screens utilizing the media even right now that we can get the message out that we can empower soul winners to keep on moving yeah even as i'm ministering i can tangibly sense the anointing upon me it feels like electricity in my hands right now so i know this word is actually for someone today so i want you to receive this hallelujah i want you to receive this in your heart let's pray Father, I pray right now for every single person that is tuned in right now, watching from around the United Kingdom, watching from the nations of the world. Lord, wherever they are watching from, the individuals watching from Australia, watching from Dubai in the early hours of the night, those that are watching from around the United Kingdom, those that are in the United States of America right now, Father, Lord, by your grace, by your anointing, Lord, empower us to have such a deeper capacity, Lord, to serve you.
to serve you not just in the now, but to serve you until the very end. Lord, empower your people to be faithful until the end. Lord, empower your people while there's breath in our lungs, while there's blood going through our veins. Lord, empower them by the fire of the Holy Ghost. Lord, empower them with a supernatural boldness. Lord, may great grace be upon every single person that is catching this word right now. That, Lord, may they be a special utensil used of the Lord. A special utensil for a special occasion. Lord, show us what it truly means to be set apart. Lord, show us what it means to cut off them ungodly relationships so we can be propelled into the moving of the Holy Ghost, so we can be used of God in these last days that we are living in. Lord, may every person that can hear the sound of my voice, Lord, may they be severed from the world. The agreement they have to demonstrate soul ties free them lord right now by the blood of the lamb and by the anointing of the holy ghost i declare freedom lord as your anointing is upon me right now strong lord i pray your presence will travel into living rooms travel into homes travel into lives and bodies and destinies and ministries and people will be transformed and marked lord like the prophet of old said you're like a fire shut up in our bones lord may your anointing may your presence be like a fire in their bones tonight hallelujah and may it empower them to be a special utensil set apart for a special occasion to be used of the Lord. We reject nominal Christianity. We reject lukewarm Christianity. We reject dead religion. Lord, we say one more time, may we see a move of God. One more time, may your people be used of God. One more time, may there be an end time revival, an end time harvest of souls that will shake the United Kingdom. May it shake the United States of America. May it shake North Africa. East Africa, South Africa. Lord, may it shake the Middle East, Dubai, the United Arab Emirates. Lord, may it shake Russia. May it shake Ukraine. May it shake Eastern Europe. Lord, may it shape, shake Rome. Lord, may it shake every single nation that is represented today in the matchless name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. I can feel the anointing of God so strongly right now. May that encourage you. And look, I feel his presence. I feel his presence. How many of you can sense the fire of the Holy Spirit? Just comment below if you can sense that anointing. If you can sense that fire, comment below if you can feel it, because I can feel that right now. And I believe there's an impartation through the airwaves happening right now. Some of you, listen, you've not been able to remain faithful. Faithful to your spouse, faithful to your church, faithful to your destiny, and most importantly, faithful to Christ. And let me say this, if you can't be faithful to the people around you, church, marriage, family, it's really a reflection of your level of intimacy you have with God. Your faithfulness to Christ needs to be number one. And this is where I'm pushing you right now. And then your faithfulness to everyone else around you will be concrete, solid, and it will have a spiritual backbone. So listen, faithfulness to Christ is everything. So be encouraged to be faithful until the end in Jesus' mighty name. Whew, I feel such a strong anointing right now. 
Hallelujah. And look, the work is continuing. There is so much God is doing. We are getting the word of God into prisons across the United Kingdom. I've had reports from Liverpool of people being touched by the Lord in prison cells. So we're getting the signal into the prisons. We've got teams going into prisons. We've got teams going out on the streets evangelizing. 11 precious souls saved last week. Yeah. How powerful. And then all those seeds sown. And then we're going to be in Leicester Square this Friday with teams. God is on the move. And Sundays at Pragma, whew, God is moving in a profound way. People are traveling from all over the world, all over the country, all over. You know, people are watching on the live streams from Canada. Yeah. I saw a message come in from a lady from Vancouver saying, I'm tuning into Pragma Church via the live stream and being impacted. And people are traveling from all over the country. God is moving. And what I also want to do is I want to give you an opportunity to be a part of this. The work is continuing. And this is very serious, what is happening, really. I believe that as I was touched in Rome, being in the prison of where Peter was and Apostle Paul was, something serious took place in my heart of, Lord, we've got to be more urgent. We've got to have a greater revelation of eternity. The time is short. So I want to encourage every single one of you that's watching right now to support the work that the Lord is doing at Walking Like Jesus Ministries. You know, something is happening. Something is happening. Our heart is souls. Souls, souls, souls. I can feel the presence of the Lord right now. And the heartbeat of the Father is souls. And as you give today, and we're going to take up an offering, we want to give you an opportunity to sow seed today. There are people tuned in from around the world and you're being inspired. And the anointing that is on this ministry, there's a fire of the spirit of the living God upon this ministry. An anointing for souls, evangelism, favor, revival. And as you give today, you're coming into agreement. You're building a connection that, Lord, I believe in what you're doing in that ministry. And I'm supporting it. I'm getting behind it. And that which you sow into is that which you will reap. So I really want to encourage you as you give today, you are giving into an end time ministry. You are giving into a move of God because this is literally what's happening, a move of God. So I want to encourage you to give today. You know, you might be in another country and give from your heart. The word of God says God loves a cheerful giver. And the beautiful thing about soil is Soil matters. You know, you want to give into fertile ground. You want to give where souls are being saved, people are being delivered, sicknesses are dissolving and dying. God is moving, and that is what is happening in this ministry. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So as you give today, the details are on the screen. You can head over to walkinglikejesus.org slash giving. That's walkinglikejesus.org slash giving. There are various ways for you to give. I want to encourage everyone to give today. Listen, it doesn't matter how much you give. It's not about the quantity. It's about your heart posture. You know, we've shared a message down, being faithful until the end. Give something into eternity today because I believe God is doing profound things, not only through our ministry, but also through many others. And I'm believing God that he'll do the same through your own lives. So even if you're watching from another country, you can give via international giving. You can give via the giving form. The bank details are there. You can give via check. You can post a check-in. You can even call in to the office right now where the ministry can actually take up a call so you can give into the work of the Lord today. 
Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Well, what a joy and honor it has been to be on with you all. Every person that has given to support our ministry today, we just want to say thank you. We honor you. You help us take the message further. So be blessed as you have given today. And for those that have tuned in, everyone that has commented and liked the message and subscribed, you know, we see it all. We appreciate it all. Those that are on YouTube, do subscribe, hit the notification bell. It's really, really important because with the algorithms and, you know, you need to know when we are on next as well. So it's very important you stay connected on YouTube as well. So please make sure you do that. Comment below, like the video. It pushes it further up in stats so more people can actually see it and you know we'd appreciate that but yeah what a beautiful beautiful evening such a sweet sweet presence of the lord sweet sweet presence of the lord i see so many amazing friends on hey mr pentecost i see you there blessings hallelujah i see you mary i see you Asty. blessings to you fatima i see you all i see you all and I receive all your prayers, all your love, all your support, all your lots of kind words. We love you all so, so much. God is moving. We give Jesus all of the glory. He's moving in such a special way. And we give him all of the honor, all of the glory and all of the praise. And hey, listen, do try and get to Pragma Church if you can this Sunday, 4 p.m. in Milton Keynes. Obviously, we've got various events happening this year. We've got Tent Revival. We've got outreaches, you know. Leicester Square this Friday, you know, so much going on, you know, I can't keep up with it. But all I know is this, God is moving. And thank you for all those that are praying for us as well. It's really important. We totally believe in intercession and intercessory prayers. You know, there are many people covering us when I'm traveling to different cities and different countries. You know, I have these old ladies old grandmas coming up to me like daniel we are praying for you every morning we're praying for you in our cell groups and i've never met these people in my life and i'm so thankful for every single person that prays for us prays for the work we are doing you know we give god all of the glory it's such an honor to be used by god in this day and hour so yeah be inspired be inspired hallelujah glory be to god yeah amazing well thank you for your comments your kind words again do subscribe hit the notification bell stay in touch and i look forward to seeing you very soon in person at one of our services very soon god bless you in jesus name we'll see you soon